if you haven't noticed, about half the church is not here because they are in Disney World. <laughs> uh, if, you don't, if you haven't gotten to know the Dannys yet, <clears throat> when the Dannys go on vacation, they take everybody. <laughs> like, everybody. Everybody's invited, and uh, they're going to have a convoy, or they did have a convoy yesterday to, uh, to Disney World. So praying for them, that they have safe travels and have a blast over there. We miss them, but we love them. And it's, I think it's going to be a great trip. So uh, it's pretty awesome. But, man, how... <clears throat> it's hard to recover from that sometimes. <laughs> I remember my brother-in-law telling me a uh, guy he worked with used to, as this phrase stuck with me, it was years ago he told me, he said it was a guy he worked with would always tell him, uh, or ask him, tell me something that will touch, move, and inspire me. And it was a phrase I never forgot. And I remember thinking before I became pastor at this church that I never wanted to be a pastor of a church. <laughs> Because I was like, there's no way I could touch, move, and inspire people every week. Um, but I'm thankful that the Lord has freed me from that because it's not my job to do that. Um, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Um, I, hope, I hope to always give you guys good news, the good news. Um, I'll probably give good advice some too, but the, the most important thing is that you get the good news in here and you share it out there. Uh, so whether I say anything else or if you were just touched through song and worship and ministry, I'm fine either way. I don't... Uh, it's been quite a journey these last, you know, two or three years that, that Trace and I have been pastor here, and we've seen and felt a lot, a lot of good, some hurt. I mean, just being transparent like I always am. Lots of different things have happened from, from then to now, but we are so thankful for you guys. And I just, I woke up this morning feeling very thankful, very thankful that, uh, that we have such a, an awesome church family and people that, you know, that we can call family that aren't necessarily blood, but are, but are through Christ. And especially around Christmas, this always hits me kind of hard. Because um, I have family, and I love my family, but we're not close. <clears throat> we don't live close, and even the ones that do live close, we're not very close. I don't know if anybody has that, that kind of experience, but... Um, But I so look forward to coming here every Sunday and seeing you guys. I'm so thankful for every one of you. I just wanted to tell you that. And I move on. Think of something funny. Think of something funny. <laughs> look over there at the Christmas tree. <laughs> or Chewbacca wreaths on the back. That's pretty funny. Speaking of, <clears throat> speaking of, and not having anything to do with what I'm talking about, I'm trying to just try to think so I don't just sit here and sob for you all day. I have seen a few of your costumes, as well as the one that I ordered yesterday, and you guys are in for a treat, and you better step your game up. <laughs> if you haven't already, if you, if you show up in a t-shirt or a Walmart costume, you might be a little outdone. I'm just, I'm just saying, come anyway, it's okay, you can enjoy the ridiculousness that will ensue, but this could very well be the most incredible Pure Grace Christmas party that we've ever had. Because it's, it's very, we talked about this last year at the Christmas party. People were so excited last year. We hadn't even had the last year, and they're like, I can't wait for next year because we've got some pretty hardcore Star Wars nerds in here. So but they're awesome. We love you guys. All right. I'll get that out of the way. All right. Um, I'm, stuck, I'm stuck on the kingdom. I think it's a good place to be stuck on. I keep trying to get away from it, but it keeps pulling me back in because it's everything. <laughs> It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, how many of you have heard the term the gospel? 
most of us, or the good news, right? Good news of the gospel. How many of you know what Jesus' primary message was while he was on earth? It wasn't really even about him, although it was about him. He consistently and constantly preached and taught that the kingdom of heaven is here, that the kingdom of God is at hand, that it is within our midst. He continually got attacked and questioned about what it looked like, where it was, when it was coming, where, where each person would be placed in it. Um, but they, most everyone, including us, ask a lot of wrong questions. Because we were thinking, as we usually, as I do, like heaven's past that ceiling tile somewhere way over there. Um, and so there's this, this, this real gross misconception of what heaven and the kingdom looks like because we, we are currently in a physical kingdom. We operate and, and, and see in a physical kingdom. But there is something else going on behind the scenes. It's what Jesus kept trying to explain to them that they kept missing. Um, and he was very patient with them as he is with us. There are times when I don't understand things intellectually and he'll meet me in a place where I'm at peace with them. Has anyone ever felt that? I try my best to figure everything out and I really, it's, it can be good and bad, but there are times when um, that even, even this morning there was, there was one specific scripture that I got hung up on and I'm going to continue to study it, but I, I spent like an hour just thinking about it and trying to figure out what it was and finally he said, you're getting distracted from what I want you to talk about. We'll deal with that later and so I'm going to focus on what we're talking about. Um, but the king, the, there is a kingdom and there, there is a king of this kingdom. And so we want to talk about the kingdom and the king that is uh, the king of the kingdom. Matthew twenty six fifty three says, uh, Do you think I cannot call on my father? This is a springboard from last week, so you don't have to go there. Uh, is, is when the, the officers came to take Jesus and one of his disciples cut off one of the soldier's ears. Um, Mark used to say he doesn't think that he carefully cut off his ear. He was trying to take his head off, and the guy just ducked. <laughs> That's all he could get. Um, And so he said, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal, this is Jesus talking, more than 12 legions of angels. Um, But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? So basically he was saying, how will I usher in my kingdom by fighting fighting in the natural? That's what he was trying to explain to his disciples. Um, He was saying, look, you guys are are not understanding what a kingdom looks like, especially in that culture. The Jewish culture saw kingdom completely differently, right? In, In our day and age, we don't see kings and kingdoms the same way they did back then. They were looking for a physical king to come in and a physical kingdom to, to rule and reign and make them the superpower again. They were God's chosen people, and they certainly weren't thinking about Samaritans or anybody else involved in this. So Jesus is trying to explain to them that this kingdom looks differently than what they are expecting. And so in their minds, they're thinking, this is the king. We need to defend him, right? So we're going to defend him with what? With the sword in this kingdom. We're going to defend him physically. And Jesus is saying, look, and he heals his ear, and he's like, y'all are missing this. Y'all are fighting the wrong battle, <laughs> in essence. Jesus had a battle that he was going to fight, but it wasn't one that they could see. The same way he talked about the kingdom is not something necessarily that you can see all the time. And so he's saying, listen, you're, you guys are battling the wrong, you're fighting the wrong fight. And it's and it translated even to us today, we tend to want to fight spiritual battles in the physical realm, right? Has anybody ever done that? Me. You will try to meet a physical attack with a physical defense. The problem with that is, that never works. It never works, ever. We talked about this a little bit in Youth Wednesday. Um, it's just that, that never works. You have, to, you have to draw from a different source in order to actually fix any kind of issue that you run into. If you're drawing from uh, a physical source, you're limited to the resources that you have. But if you're drawing from a spiritual realm, a supernatural source, your options have just grow, grown exponentially. <laughs> like when, when the kingdom comes, things change. Let's just say that. 
The kingdom doesn't come and people just chill out. When the kingdom comes, things happen. All right. <clears throat> Who's the king of this kingdom? We know who it is. Matthew 11, verse 1 says, After Jesus had finished instructing his disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to, to ask him, Are you the one who is coming, or should we expect somebody else? <laughs> Are you him? And uh, basically they were asking if he was the king of this kingdom. Verse 4 it says, Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So he's basically saying, look, the proof is in the pudding here. <laughs> I, do I need to tell you or just go, go explain to them what's happening and see if they recognize what this kingdom looks like and what it brings? Verse 7, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. <clears throat> what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the swint? Reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Now look what he's doing. He's painting another picture for them. You guys are looking for a physical king. How did Jesus come? He came as a baby in a manger, helpless. He rode in on a donkey instead of a stallion. He didn't come with a sword. He came with a healing hand. Do you see the, 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 the paradox or the problem they were really struggling with of what a king looked like and what a kingdom looked like? He turned a kingdom and a king, the idea of it on its head, Especially when he said, um, in the midst of his disciples, he said, look, I know that I have all authority on heaven and earth. My Father's given it to me. And immediately he takes his, his robe off and gets down and begins to wash his disciples' feet. He's demonstrating that a king and a kingdom don't look like the way that you think that they should look like. So he is turning, he's turning all of, all of them and all of our ideas of a king and a kingdom on its head. Kings look differently in my kingdom and kingdoms operate differently. So he says, look, what were you looking for when you went out there? Were you looking for a king? Were you looking for someone who wears fine clothes in king's palaces? What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom, whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare a way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let that sink in for a minute. Whoever is least in the kingdom that Jesus is ushering in is greater than John the Baptist. This is the covenant that we are in. This is the covenant where we can call God, the creator of the universe, Daddy, Papa, Father. Where we can call, this is what I, when I was praying in my office this morning, this is what I was a little overtaken by. It was the, the term we've read, the fear of the Lord. Have you heard that? Immediately we, our, our minds go to, well, we don't need to fear the Lord. It's not a fear in that you're afraid necessarily, but that you are in absolute awe of how powerful and how good he is. The old C.S. Lewis Aslan, the lion thing, is, it, there's, if you were, whew, just the idea of being close to a lion, imagine that. The, the power that a lion possesses, um, the strength and, and the power, but also a lamb, <laughs> and the peace, and the, the, the comfort, and um, just, just the idea of how big and how good God is is just overwhelming sometimes. And this is, this, is, this is who Jesus came to proclaim was, listen, I am in the Father, the Father is me, and my desire is Him for Him to be in you. And not only is that my desire, but I'm going to make it possible. <laughs> I, I came and I brought my kingdom with me. 
this is where the whole heaven is over way out there somewhere thing is, has, has really got us mixed up and we have to get past that. So the difference between good news and good advice we've talked about. I've heard many sermons with good advice but not many on good news. The difference between good news and good advice is good news has already happened, right? If I came to you and said, hey, I've got some good news, you know, so-and-so just won the lottery or whatever. That's, ha- that's something that's happened, that's tangible, right? This is what Jesus came and said, look, I give you good news that the kingdom is here. It's within, it's within reach. It's, it's in your hand. It's, within, it's inside you. It's within your midst. So he's saying, listen, I'm bringing good news that something good is happening. <laughs> it, this is the thing that people say, well, either you believe or you don't believe and these different things. Listen, I hope that as many people as I come in contact with believe, but their belief doesn't change the fact that something happened. Does that make sense? Um, in the same way, our operating from a place does not... <laughs> See, I can put this without butchering it too bad. The way that we operate day to day, we can choose to not operate from the source that's been given us, which is the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't limit the kingdom's power at all. It may limit our understanding to it or our ability to operate from it up here because the kingdom's here and we renew our minds up here. But we can't, we can't limit, we can't try to limit... Um, God to our perspective of his reality, essentially. Does that make sense? His, his reality is much greater and much bigger than ours. So there are things happening in his reality that we have full access to. Listen, you don't have to, you know, we come up front and we pray for people and that's awesome, but you don't have to wait for some special anointing. All things, all blessings, all spiritual blessings are found in Christ, and Christ is in you if you're a believer. So you don't have to wait for it and hope that one day you can attain it by Greater knowledge, greater understanding, power, an anointing. You don't have to wait for those things. If you've got Christ, you've got them all. He says, I can, ah, he says, I can summon 12 legions of angels. I can summon all these angels. And people say, well, how many is in legions? That's 5,000, 6,000. So I've got access. And I even said last week, we, you don't have guardian angels. You have them all because you have Jesus. But here's the thing. Did he call on them? Here's the key. You can get kind of puffed up. But I got all the angels, all of them. I mean, these are spiritual pit bulls. They don't play. They're not chubby porcelain dolls. Every, I promise you, if you saw an angel, you'd be on your face. They're, they're big and, and, and good. <laughs> I don't want to say big and bad. They're big and good. But they, but they carry such a presence that you, every instance that I see in Scripture about angels, people would like turn white and just like freak out, die, or like bow down. So angels don't play. So you say, well, I've got all these. Jesus was saying I've got more than two. He's saying I've got them all is what he's saying. But I don't need to call on them. I've got a greater purpose here. I'm not fighting a battle Physically, I'm fighting a spiritual battle, and I'm going to win it. That's good news. When I win it, I'm going to usher in this kingdom. I'm going to bring the kingdom down to you. (laughs) That really messes with churchianity and and religion. It gets you off that roller coaster of trying to do more so that you can gain more, and do more so that you can gain more. And 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 it turns that kingdom on its head and says, look, you have everything. Now go and do don't go and do so you can have everything. You have everything, so go and do. I could stop there and be done. You have everything, go and do. You can quote me on that. Do people still tweet? I don't even know. All right. Luke seventeen twenty. Where is the kingdom? Luke seventeen twenty says, Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. It's within your midst. It's in your heart. You cannot, you cannot fight spiritual battles from the flesh. You can't. It's stupid. 
I mean, you, you, you can't draw from a physical realm and try to fight a, a spiritual battle. You will be absolutely demolished every time. It just doesn't work. Jesus understood that, and he kept trying to explain that to us so that we could understand it. So the kingdom isn't far, far away. Jesus came, and he's the king of this kingdom, and he brought his kingdom with him, and he came to deposit it in our hearts. We talked about this, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, about the ten men with leprosy. Um, this kind of goes into who the kingdom is actually for. The ten men with leprosy went, and Jesus healed all ten of them, but only one came back. Do you remember the story? For time's sake, I won't go through the whole thing, but I'll kind of skip to the end. So one came back. Uh, let's see, this is in Luke 17. If you want to go there, jot it down and go there later. But it's in Luke 17, uh, 16. We'll kind of pick up at the end of it. It says, He came and threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Why did he put that in there? Why would, that, why would this be in the text that he was a Samaritan? The Jews didn't like Samaritans. They, were, they considered them a half-breed. They were pretty racist. Both sides, they hated each other. And for Jesus to say, listen, this guy came back and he was a Samaritan, it goes on to say, uh, Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed, where are the other men? Verse 18 was, has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you whole or well. Uh, the, the, the Greek word whole there is sozo. Uh, is pronounced in the Greek, which is saved, healed. It's the fullness. It's not just healed, but it's an absolute wholeness found in Christ. It's, it's genuine salvation along with healing. That's why we don't stop at healing. Healing is great, but you can only be healed so many times before you physically die one day, and you need to, you need to be whole before you get there. <laughs> so what he's saying is this one guy came back, and wait, wait a minute, he was a Samaritan. Now this flies in the face of Jews who are God's chosen people, and by every right have, have been God's chosen people. I mean, they had a right, a bit, a right to be angry because these Samaritans and all of us, most of us, I would say most of us are Gentiles, non-Jews, get in on this, and we were not God's chosen people. We, we, we get to take part in all of the, the gifts and resources and love of, of God the Father that we absolutely don't deserve. The funny thing is, the Jews didn't either, but they thought that they did. <laughs> and I guess as, as far as lineage goes, they did, you know, if we were going to go by the law. Um, we got in on this thing unfair, completely unfairly. And so he's saying, listen, this guy was, and he says this in several different stories, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, um, in the same way, he, he constantly throws this, in the, he also sends his, when he talks to the woman at the well, he sends his disciples into the Samaritan village, which they, I'm sure they did not want to go, to throw that in their face too, as he talked to a Samaritan woman, who also went and brought salvation to a bunch of people in her town. I don't want, that's a completely different, different story there. So he's saying, listen, this, the kingdom I'm bringing doesn't look like what you think. I'm not a king like you think. And guess what? This is for everybody. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. It's for the Gentiles too. So what are the results of the kingdom coming? What happens when we begin to see the kind of cause and effect of kingdom life day to day in our lives? My, my prayer and hope, like I said in the beginning, I'm not trying to just encourage you to go do a bunch of stuff. That's, to me, that's not really the point. Um, the point is you begin to see Jesus' as source and you begin to operate from that place. Because when you begin to see that the kingdom is not some far off place but it's actually in your heart, you begin to share that with other people. Not from a distance but from close. Um, let's see. Luke eleven twenty 20 says uh, they were, the Pharisees were giving him a hard time about uh, casting out demons, saying that it was from the devil that he was casting out demons, which is ridiculous. 
And uh, Luke eleven twenty says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. I just like that term. When you see this happen, it's when the kingdom begins to invade. When you see a demon cast out, that means the kingdom has invaded that space and has pushed out the demon. And what's funny is this is right after Jesus teaches him how to pray. Do you remember the, the prayer that he taught him how to pray? That starts off, uh, our Father who art in heaven. Stop there. Where, where do we first go to when we hear that? Our Father who art in heaven, way past that ceiling tile, way up, way up in the sky somewhere, right? We've discovered through, I think it was in Hebrews, where it says the, wait, I have it right here. I don't have to guess. It's in Romans. The kingdom of God is not a matter of, this is what we talked about last week, it's not a matter of eating and drinking, uh, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. It says it right there. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, drinking, eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. Where is the kingdom of heaven? Come on. In the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? How do we share the kingdom? We have it. <laughs> you can't share something you don't have. I can't give you $10,000 if I don't have it in my pocket. Right? You, you have to know that you carry something when you go out these doors that you have something to actually share with people. You carry the kingdom of God in your heart. This is the deposit he's given us. Why, and I keep going back to this, why go through all the trouble of sacrificing your son so that he could come and meet you and then send this Holy Spirit and not give us, some, and, and not, not give us the, the faith and the trust to know that the Holy Spirit is good and is going to lead us in the right direction? Why go through all that trouble to give us this Holy Spirit if we should not be operating so closely with it? I never, never have I turned and said, Lord, I need something, and he's gone, no, nah, I got nothing for you. <laughs> never, not once. Now, sometimes it's super awesome and comfortable, and sometimes it's super awesome and a little weird. Do you remember the time? I don't know if some of y'all remember the time I skipped around the church. That was weird. I didn't want to do that. I fought with him through worship the whole time. Anything but that, because... I don't want to do that, and I don't even know if I can skip anymore. But there are things, and, and there was one person that I met afterwards that needed that. For some reason, they needed to, to have that joy, to, to skip, just to have that freedom to skip around the church. Or to watch me do it. I guess it was entertaining for everybody. It was very awkward and embarrassing for me at the time. Very entertaining. But here's the thing. It was, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, who cares? Skip around a church. But for me, whether it was the Lord getting me over something that I needed to not fear about worrying what people think, because that's always in the back of my head. Just can I be, a, and y'all know that. Just, I just can every once in a while I be a normal pastor and just get up and teach, and then we close and everything, and it just it normally doesn't work out that way because that's just not how he made me. So sorry, not sorry. I'm a little weird. Uh, <laughs> but that's always in the back of my head, whether I, want, whether I want it to be or not. At the back of my head, I'm always thinking, I'd like to be, not that I would like to be, but I feel like I should be. Does anybody else deal with that? Not necessarily in the same context, but I feel like I should be a certain way around certain people. And you don't need to be. You can, you can be yourself because God's created you in a specific way and he knows exactly how you are. He's not surprised by your quirkiness at all. And don't, and, and I used to tell the youth that, do what? You'd be, yes, you would. No. <laughs> I used to tell this to the youth all the time, don't put so much uh, faith in your personality. Your personality can change. Mine has changed several times over the years. I was, I was so quiet and reserved and extremely angry too from adolescence all the way into middle school, close to high school. And I was not outgoing. I was not, you know, I didn't want to be around people. And the Lord changed me, right? 
changed my personality, changed the way that I talked, changed the way that I acted. Same thing when when we became pastors here, shifted me a little bit more, and I changed the way I relate to people and talk to people. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. It just showed me different things in different ways. The difference between a self-centered, I don't want to call it Christianity because Christianity by definition is Christ-centered, a self-centered, I call churchianity, um, and Christ-centered Christianity, real Christianity is our focus is on him, and guess where his focus is on people. What did he tell Peter when he, the reinstatement of Peter, do you remember? Um, and Paul White talked about uh, liking people too, essentially saying genuinely do you care for people. We can say love, like, whatever, feed. So when he tells Peter, he's like, look, do you love me? He's like, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep, right? And he keeps saying it over and over again. Why? What he's saying is, listen, Peter, do you love me? Yes. Then love people like I love people. That's what he's saying. Love me like I love you. You don't deserve it. You screwed up many times, Peter. <laughs> you got a big mouth. But listen, I, I love you and I have faith in you and I'm, I'm still going to do a work through you. Look at other people like that. That's what he's telling Peter. If our heart is on the Lord, his heart is on people, and that's going to be directly related to and in and through us. And we can, only, we can only give out what we receive in. So if we want to be patient with people, we have to receive patience. If we want to love people unconditionally, we have to receive love unconditionally. We can't try to earn God's love because then we're going to, what, expect other people to earn ours. Do you see how that works? It's not, it's not either or, it's both and. <laughs> when he says this is the greatest command, it's just one. <laughs> love the Lord your God and love people. Because God loves people. <laughs> That's why when I hear people say they love the Lord and they hate people, I go, mm, I'm not so sure. Because if you know the Lord, you're gonna, you're a, a very natural byproduct of loving the Lord is loving people because that's where his heart is. That's why Jesus called himself the Son of Man. He came for us. Ah, why don't we get this? Um, well, I got way, a, little, a little bit off there. But the prayer that he prayed right before he said the kingdom has come upon you was, our Father who art in heaven, where's heaven? Heaven we just discovered is in our hearts. Who, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. Where's the kingdom of heaven? In our heart. On earth as it is in me. Do you see how that works? Lord, I want you to, oh, listen to this. I, I, you really have to get this. I'm not trying to just dumb it down because this is really simple but really powerful. Lord, I want you to do in others what you've done in me. Do you see how that works? We have to recognize that the Lord has not just come, and here's, here's where the gospel, I believe that the, the, church, the, the big C church in general that I've, I've heard a lot of uh, evangelicals teaching is that the, the good news of the gospel was that Christ died for your sins. And that's not the whole gospel. That is part of the gospel. It's a huge part of the gospel. But he didn't stop there. Do you understand that? He didn't stop there. Because what does that do? That focuses on our sins, and it focuses on what Jesus did one thing. He didn't stop there. He ascended and he sent his Holy Spirit so that he could be with us always until the ends of the earth. And he even, he even prayed for his disciples and us. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Lord, I don't want you to snatch them out of this earth. I, my, my desire is not for you to take them off the earth, but for I want to be in them. <laughs> I want to be with them always. And I want you to be with them and I want them to know you like I know you. That's his desire. And not only was it a desire, but he made a way Part of the good news is that he died for us, but the rest of the good news is he brought his kingdom with him. And when he, when he brings his Holy Spirit, that's the deposit that's within our hearts. So when we share it, we say, listen, on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> on earth as it is, Lord, in them the way it is in me.
The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Who doesn't want righteousness, peace, and joy? Righteousness, peace, and joy destroy everything that comes against you in the Spirit. Your enemies are not people. Hear me. Your enemies are not people. Your enemies are not a people group. Your enemies are not political figures. I don't want to chase this too far. It makes my mad. We fight against principalities and heavenly realms. And we fight from a place of victory, not towards it. Do you see how this kingdom is all different than the kingdoms that we see very easily? We do have a lot. You see me pray a lot of times with my eyes closed. It's not because you have to. A lot of people pray with their eyes open. I think that's fine. I have ADD and I'll be distracted by everything. So I close my eyes. And when I close my eyes, I pray constantly, Lord, show me something. I just want to see you. I just want to hear what you're saying. I just want to focus on you. He's never left me. He's not, he's not going like he's going to step back in because I closed my eyes, right? But there is, there is a heightened awareness when we focus on the Lord. Listen, when, when we go places and, and uh, I'm trying to remember the, the full story. I don't want to butcher it. But uh, Melissa told me this morning about... Uh, and she doesn't tell me this, so I'd brag on her. I'm sure she's embarrassed when I say it, but th- this happens all the time. It happens with us. It happens with most of you guys, but I just love hearing recent stories, and this just happened, was it yesterday? Last week. Christmas shopping, different things like that around Hobby Lobby, and there was a, a lady digging in the trash looking for food, <laughs> and Melissa screamed, no! <laughs> and so she went, and, and some other ladies came, and they brought, them, brought her food and prayed for her. And, and the thing is, she was hungry, she needed food. That was a physical need she needed, right? Yes, we do that. We, uh, Melissa prayed for her. You know, we want, we, we want everyone to experience this kingdom that we've experienced. Not so that we can have another check mark or another jewel in our crown when we get to heaven, although we will, and those jewels are relationships, not jewels, because we won't care about jewels, because gold's so worthless they pave streets with it. So the whole... <laughs> sorry, this is one of my tangents. Um, so the thing is, she... Melissa is trying to trying to help this person physically and spiritually, not either or, but both and. And in in through relationship with people and through uh, helping them see a relationship with the Father, they can have an immediate need met and they can have an eternal meet meet need met. Can't talk. So don't be careful drawing drawing pictures about how ministry looks, because the Lord will break those every time. He, he will mess you up. <laughs> he will mess you up. I promise you, if you think you've got it figured out, you don't have it figured out. He, he, will, <laughs> he will show up in your workplace and mess you up. He, he will show up any given time when you think it's inconvenient, and it will immediately be very convenient for you. But here's the cool thing. His, his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Right? His kingdom cannot be overtaken by this kingdom. You see? His kingdom supersedes this kingdom. So when people come at you, what happens? His kingdom supersedes that kingdom. You don't have to react to that. You operate from a different place. You don't have to f- fight these little battles because the greater battle's already won. So now your mind is renewed to what's happened in your heart. And from that place, instead of battling with people, you begin to minister to people. You begin to 
give instead of always trying to get. The cool thing about it is on the way out, you get some too. <laughs> How cool is that? You get the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord that created everything, that created you and knows exactly what you like and what makes you happy. And he gives you that too. On, on his way through, he's like, yeah, you can have some too. You can have some of this joy, peace, and righteousness. You can have all this stuff because you operate from my kingdom, not this kingdom. You don't have to scrounge around for crumbs because I've ah, I prepared a feast for you in the face of your enemies. What do you do when you have a feast with Jesus? You sit down and eat. You rest. You don't struggle. You don't have strife. You don't have anxiety. You don't have fear. You go, I'm with that guy, this guy. <laughs> I'm with that guy. All my enemies, I'm going to just eat because I'm comfortable now, right? Amen. Who's nervous at the table with Jesus? Judas. <laughs> Other than Judas. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, my mind is going with many jokes. All right, focus. All right. The kingdom is, yes, yeah, squirrel. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy, um, we just talked about, it. are not affected by a natural kingdom. Um, The you the you centered kind of avoid hell and get your ticket to heaven churchianity was was what I never understood when I was lost and there was a reason why I didn't get it because it wasn't correct <laughs> it was very self centered in that I need to do these things so that I can gain this the fact is I do gain something but it's nothing I did I do but it's something that Jesus did for me and so my place of of source shifts from me to Him. And if you don't start from that place, like Brian talked about several weeks ago, it's a house of cards, and it just keeps falling. You keep building it back up. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I messed up again. Let's start building this again. If you start from a place, this upside-down kingdom we keep talking about, if you start from a place of, of abiding in him and him in you, then when you begin to minister to people and you mess up, you go straight back to him and not back to you and try to fix it all. And guess who heals? He does, not you. Guess who fixes all those issues in the spirit? He does, not you. Guess who's already defeated all of your enemies, which were sin, death, and hell? He did, not you. Do you see the, do you see the, the difference in the two kingdoms and what he's trying to show us? Man, I'm almost on time. All right, we need to understand the authority that we carry. Luke 7, 6 says he was not, I know I go through this quick, but it's all because of time. But you can go back and read all this. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Luke 7, 6 says he was not far from the house when the, centuri- when the centuri- centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I don't deserve you coming to my house. Uh, that is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But I say, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. Now listen to this very carefully. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well and made whole. Listen. When you discover the kind of authority you have, not because of some eloquent prayer that you can pray or because you chant in a certain way or you've gone through a certain seminary or Bible college or because you've gained some great anointing that some great speaker gave you um, or you've, you, you've kept, 
I don't know, some parts of the law, because I know you didn't keep it all. <laughs> but if you try to gain this type of authority on your own merit, you will be crushed. You'll be running like the, one, like the guys that went to cast a demon out and ran away beat up and naked. You, you can't fight this battle in the physical realm. You have to fight it from the spiritual realm. And right here he says, listen, but when, when you have this Jesus and this kingdom in your heart, you can say go and do, and they have to listen. Now this is important because a lot of us don't, don't operate from that place and don't think that way, and me included. I struggle with it sometimes. Um, but I'm telling you, even during worship, he was, he was saying the same thing here. Listen, it's not by my authority that I do it. But when you see somebody hurting and needing the Lord, you have authority to go deal with that situation. Now, all of those look different. I'm not going to paint a picture of what those look like. Some of them are calm and peaceful, and some of them can be a little rowdy and pretty crazy. I mean, I've seen, if, if you haven't seen any of, uh, is it Darren Wilson, Darren Williams, The Finger of God and Father of Light, some of those films, you can see some of that stuff. Sometimes it's, it can be violent, um, but sometimes it can be just as calm and restful. They went to a, uh, on one of the films, they went to a, uh, it's like a witch gathering. I don't know if many of y'all saw that. Um, and he just began to talk to people and pray for people and talk to them the way that they were talking about their medium and how they, he's like, well, my medium is Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how we work with her and prayed for him. And this guy, you know, these guys get saved. And I'm in the middle of a, a <laughs> basically, yeah, a bunch of witches. It's just crazy. But that's the kind of authority. When you realize you have it, you're not intimidated by that stuff. You can walk right in there and you can begin to minister to people regardless of the situation. Because why? You're not intimidated by a kingdom that is subdued by the kingdom that you operate from. You operate from a different kingdom. On a personal level, many of us, if not all of us, at some point deal with fear, anxiety, stress, uh, life, paying the bills, going through day-to-day life kind of thing. We don't draw from, uh, we don't find security in money, we don't find provision in things, right? We don't, we don't, we don't look to those things. We have them and we understand we have to operate in them, but our security is not found in them. That's a, that's a different kingdom. We understand how that kingdom works and we can operate within those parameters. But as a Christian, we operate from a different place. And our security and our provision is, is all provided by the Father that loves us, has adopted us as Gentiles that don't deserve a bit of it, but has adopted us as sons and daughters. It's amazing. And not only that, deposited heaven in our hearts. Boop. How cool is that? <clears throat> it's real cool. <laughs> Stand up with me. I'll pray for y'all. Uh, don't forget to come back at two for Megan and Patrick. Um, we want to celebrate them. These guys were my youth for years, and now they're all grown up, getting married, getting a house, and being all adults. So come back at two and celebrate um, their marriage with us at two. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have food and decorations and gifts and everything. So bring bring yourself. Bring a gift. And come back at two. Lord, we just thank you for um, for everything you've done in, in in and through us this morning, Father. We don't we don't take any of it lightly. Lord, as we worship, we just proclaim the good news um, of the gospel of your kingdom that you brought with you. And so, Father, as as you heal people, Lord, that's your kingdom coming and just crashing into this into this earth. And so, Father, we we say um, we have complete authority over uh, this kingdom because of the kingdom we operate from. So, Father, I pray complete peace and joy and righteousness in your Holy Spirit in and through every person in this place. Lord, if they haven't fully discovered that yet, Lord, I I pray that you continue to renew their mind to it daily, moment by moment and day by day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen.